0: The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon,
1: period. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived, and in the last days neither your heart nor your faith will fail you.
0: Thanks for tuning back into the Book podcast. As always, you have me, Shelby, and Kevin here, your co-host. And we are on episode 102 in Alma chapter 12. So we're we actually jumped into Alma chapter 12 a little bit last week, just like two verses. Um, but we're gonna dive back into it. However, Kevin, do you wanna give us a little recap of kind of where we left off last week
1: needless to say if you haven't listened to the last episode you should definitely do that uh just to to understand the whole situation that we're in um by the way this week we uh realized that we've been pronouncing z's his name it's actually apparently zezerum
0: yeah we we learned that in general conference actually
1: that's right it is general conference weekend yeah um so you've got us in a spiritual state like a, a higher spiritual state so hopefully that comes across in our conversation today um but i'll probably just keep on calling zezerum zezum so just just to throw that out there. As, as a one of our good friends used to say about Book of Mormon names, um, it's Rachel Wicker. Mm-hmm. She said, it's a dead language, so nobody actually knows <laughs> how it was pronounced. So you're good. Um, so never worry about that. But definitely check out last week's episode to get caught up. Um, just a quick, you know, just to put us
0: back where, in, where we left yeah off.
1: back where we left off uh amulek has just finished bearing witness of what uh he knows to be true and also what alma has said previously and zizram now uh, is is being called out because well we're gonna dive right in in verse three now zizram seeing that thou hast been taken in thy lying and craftiness This is Alma calling him out. For thou hast not lied only unto men, or excuse me, lied unto men only, but thou hast lied unto God. For behold, he knows all thy thoughts. And just right off the bat, it's really important to understand, we kind of talked about this last week, but, you know, you're not, when you, when you. Are lying about the gospel or about the Lord's representatives, you're not offending the prophet. You're not offending the church. You're not offending us or, you know, missionaries, the representatives, you're offending God. And that's why it's so grievous. You know, that's why it's such a big deal.
0: So... I just wanted to point out one thing, and this came from—so Elder Christofferson gave a talk in the Saturday morning session, I want to say, about Alma and Amulek in this—basically chapter 12. And he referenced part of it in his talk. And it's important to note that the chapter starts off with, He knows all thy thoughts, and thou seest that thy thoughts are made known unto us by his Spirit. Because thoughts and actions and words are also brought up later in the chapter. And so it's just something too important to note that it's brought up right at the beginning and it's gonna have a connection later too as well. That our thoughts and our words and our actions do mean (laughs) something and we will be accountable for them at the last day. So I just wanna throw that out there. You'll see a connect or I'll make the connection later when we get there
1: so and i want to put it out there now um this chapter is although in the number of verses it's not any longer than other chapters that we've gone through recently but it is dense like really dense
0: really 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 rich rich doctrine
1: yeah that's a a good way of saying it with that being said um, pardon kind of the rough transitions that we may go through, uh, even the opening, I don't feel has been great <laughs> just because my mind is so set on the things that are going that are coming. but here here's here's an interesting way to kind of push us along or to get us through here. Um, you know in verse four, it talks about, thy plan was a very subtle plan this is alma talking disease room right his plan to uh, to lie and to fabricate or get like evidence against alma and amulet right and if you follow the footnote of subtle in verse four it takes us to the 123rd section of the doctrine and covenants And it says, for there are many yet on the earth among all sects, parties, and denominations who are blinded by the subtle craftiness of men, (laughs) whereby they lie in wait to deceive, and who are only kept from the truth because they know not where to find it. Um, And then Alma describes it as to the subtlety of the devil. For to lie and to deceive this people, that thou mightest set them against us to revile us and to cast us out. Now this was the plan of thine adversary. Again, he's talking to Zizram. Zizram's adversary is not Alman Amulek, and it's not God. God is is in no way the enemy, even to the wicked. Right. The wicked are his enemy like they they are opposed to him. But God is not in opposition to any of us.
0: Well, the wicked view him that way, though.
1: Well, yeah, but I'm saying the truth Yeah. of the matter is that God is not at odds with us. We can only be at odds with God. Yeah. He loves us. He wants us to return to him. Um, in a way that we can't even really <laughs> comprehend. Um, and, and he does know what's best for us. The person who is at odds with us, who's our enemy, our adversary, as the scriptures state, is the devil. And so it's his plan that Z's room got caught up in, which is to fight against God, fight against Uh, his servants and lead people away to keep them blind and to keep them from progressing because it's actually here on earth that we can really start progressing. And that's what is like the major theme of this whole chapter. So I wanted to kind of start us off there.
0: I like it. I appreciate those thoughts. To be honest, I kind of just, Glanced over <laughs> these few verses, um, so I didn't really think much of the plan of the adversary. Just that he—that was his intention of Alma and Amulek um, to catch him in their their words, you know. But we know that. But I like the perspective you brought on that.
1: To speak a little bit more about the devil's plan, it's in verse six. That he might bring you into subjugation or subjection unto him. That he might encircle you about with his chains. That he might chain you down to everlasting destruction according to the power of his captivity. And that's all he cares about. Mm-hmm. He just wants you to be... Uh, your, your progress to be halted. Right? Yeah. And... Um, these chains... Are actually brought up later but we'll we'll get to that point
0: so at this point um Zeezrom's like being made aware <laughs> of the plan of the adversary that i'm sure he probably had no idea right about necessarily i mean he had intentions like satan's plan you know the devil's plan but now that this is being brought to light Um, his reaction is is very interesting to it, like when he's called out on it, right?
1: Yeah, why don't you read that?
0: So uh, it starts, well, it's really 7 and 8, so I'll go ahead and read it. Now, when Alma had spoken these words, Zeezrom began to tremble more exceedingly, for he was convinced more and more of the power of God. And he was also convinced that Alma and Amulek had a knowledge of him, For he was convinced that they knew the thoughts and intents of his heart. For power was given into them that they might know of these things according to the spirit of prophecy. So he begins to tremble more and he's becoming more convinced of the power of God on, based on what they're saying. And so pause real quick before I go to eight. I wanted to point out that it says, he's convinced that they know the thoughts and intents of his heart because the power was given into them. And Kevin said at the very beginning before when Alma had met Amulek, this is a couple podcasts and chapters back, but when they had met each other um, at the very end of, I forgot what chapter it was, but it talks about how power will be given unto them to be able to do the things that they're supposed to do. And then that power is referenced here in verse seven. Mm -hmm. So just in and we've kind of referenced that throughout all these chapters when it talks about the power given unto them. But I just like making the connection back to the very beginning because it's just cool to see it manifested in the chapters. So now we know that he's becoming more convinced, Zeezrom is, of the power of God. So he then in verse eight says, and Zeezrom began to inquire of them diligently that he might know more concerning the kingdom of God. And so he actually asked Alma a question. <laughs> so he says, what does this mean, which Amulek has spoken concerning the resurrection of the dead, that all shall rise from the dead, both the just and the unjust, and, and are brought to stand before God to be judged according to their works. So now I think Zeezrom I can only assume from the questions that he actually, this is a very uh, sincere, like, I actually want to know. I'm not trying to entrap you anymore. Right?
1: Right. That's the, that's definitely the uh, inference that we can make. And then especially when it comes to the next chapter, it even, it, it, we understand that, yes, he is being more more sincere yeah. more genuine now right i want to just ask a question kind of rhetorical um of both listeners and you shall because i've thought about it in verse seven this this uh trembling more exceedingly for he was convinced more and more of the power of god Have we ever felt like that? And I don't think it's necessarily something only the very wicked do. It's not like you can only tremble and become more convinced of God when uh, you've been fighting against him and then you are being called to repentance. I think it can also happen just when we're, we're like running and gunning through life kind of just not really paying very much attention to the fact that, that his hand is everywhere. And then all of a sudden we realize that, that he is a major force in our lives, that he is he has done so much for us um, and that the, the savior is our personal savior. And we can tremble and we can become more convinced. And, you know, to put kind of a humorous spin on it, your Brother Turner, who was on a few episodes ago of the podcast, he says the worst day of his life was when he found out the church was true. <laughs> because then he had to change. He had to do things differently because he knew. And this is where Zeezrom, you know, the, the question shouldn't be, have we ever felt, Trembling and fearful, it's how do we become more and more convinced of the power of God? Because that's what leads us to repent. And that's what Caesar is doing in real time right here in these verses. He's, he's becoming more diligent uh, in his questioning. Mm-hmm. Because when you do find out the church is true, that's not where you stop questioning things. That's when your questions change. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted to say.
0: I like that. Very insightful. So he asked him the question.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's he, he wants, wants to know, to know more, about the resurrection. Yeah, and like I said, this is one of those hard transitions for us because if we did go verse by verse not that it's necessarily a bad thing but we're just we're going to do our best here because there's so many little tiny things in each verse that we could just drill down Mm -hmm. into and we're going to do our best effort um but if we miss something and you want to bring it to our attention definitely do so and we will come back on a future podcast and and give you a little shout out or just say hey anonymous anonymously somebody wanted to point out this that we missed so but I have somewhat to say concerning verse 9 if I may okay but shel what what were you gonna well
0: what I was gonna say is he it's interesting he doesn't necessarily answer his question immediately right he goes through something first which you can go ahead and I'm sure you're going there
1: yeah you know what i i wasn't necessarily gonna Talk about that but that is a really good point that you're you're kind of i think you're hinting at so yes cesarum is now inquiring more diligently he asked this question about what does the resurrection mean when it talks about the dead shall rise both the just and unjust and brought to be judged um alma he he says that it's given unto many to know the mysteries of God. Also important to know that the mysteries of God just means, I don't want to say just means like it's not a big deal. It means the gospel of Jesus Christ, like the principles and the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It shouldn't be, and this is Elder McConkie who basically said this, I'm paraphrasing, it's in the Book of Mormon student manual under this verse, it shouldn't be assumed that the mysteries of God refer to some sort of like deep doctrine or something that is kept for only a select few. Because like Alma says, it's given unto many to know the mysteries of God. Nevertheless, they're laid under strict command that they shall not impart only according to the portion of his word which he doth grant unto the children of men, according to the heed and diligence which they give unto him. So a lot of people are given the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ to know it in full. However, they only impart what is expedient for others who are still in the learning process to know. Not that they're withholding, not that they're like, no, 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 it's mine you can't have it but it's more that the person who is asking who is trying to learn they're they're going to be they're going to receive it preset uh, by preset right
0: line upon line line
1: upon line and this is interesting that that's how alma begins because he's saying kind of, he's kind of talking to Zizram in a roundabout kind of way of saying, hey, you might not get all your answers right now, but you'll get more light and knowledge as you continue to ask questions.
0: And he talks about the position of his heart um, in asking these questions. Mm-hmm. And just in general, I feel like he's giving a... <laughs> Uh, anybody inquiring about gospel knowledge, saying that the person who like hardens his heart, they're going to receive like a a lesser portion of the word, or they're not going to know as much. They're not going to receive as much knowledge as they could um, because their heart is hardened. Right. And so it says, um, but to those that don't harden their hearts, um, they're given a greater portion of the word. They're gonna, they're gonna know more, and they're gonna know more and more of the gospel. That that line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and so um,
1: until they know them in full.
0: Yeah. If you're not hardening your heart, and then he also says, but if you are hardening your heart, you're not gonna know. <laughs> much because you're being led you know by and taken captive by the devil down to destruction and so i i like that he he brings this up before he actually answers his question because in in my opinion i feel like what he's saying to Ziazram here is like listen you're asking me these questions and you can have your answers but it's all up to you and your heart and your intention of asking the question what kind of revelation you're going to receive. Are you asking it with a hardened heart? Are you asking it with an open heart to genuinely know? And that can be said of anybody who's inquiring any question about the gospel. So just to relate it to our own lives.
1: <laughs> and what's what's really interesting in verse 11, which you, you mentioned, Shel, but it says to them that harden their hearts, to them is given the lesser portion of the word until they know nothing concerning his mysteries. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a, as you harden your heart, you lose Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what you may have even had before. And I can testify that as you move away from living the gospel, you forget all kinds of things even if you served a full-time mission it doesn't take very long of living contrary to what you have taught and like woken up every day and studied for several hours and spent all day talking about for two years 18 months respectively for you to just really forget and then later on if you kind of come back and try to get back into living the gospel and learning it and, and sharing it you're you're realizing that you're learning things as if they were brand new mm-hmm. and um i mean that, that's just been my experience i know other people have had that same experience and this is being taken captive by the devil this is what is meant by the chains of hell it's not eternal damnation um it just means that you don't understand Right,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you're being you're le- being led down the wrong path, and and this goes back to what this chapter is is about, which is you know the plan of redemption, the plan of salvation, because here on earth, it is the opportunity for us to prepare to meet God. It is an opportunity to learn and progress in in amazing, amazingly grand ways and but the kind of the catch-22 is that if you harden your heart here you're gonna be kind of led astray um so yeah
0: i just had a thought after you ended that you can always unharden your heart and that's through repentance. And that is where a lot of this chapter ends up going to, I feel like is, is the plan of redemption and the plan of salvation and how we can return to him. So I know we're talking a lot about heart and heart here, but it can be softened through repentance as long as we choose to change and make that switch. And so it can all come back to you. Um, Remembrance, it can come back um, because it's there. It's just a matter of asking him to remind you and bring it back. So anyway, now at this point, he, see what we mean about we could go off on things in this chapter because it's so dense. (laughs) Could keep going on about that for a while, but We'll move on. Um, so he he prefaces with this, okay, and then in verse twelve, um, Amulek begins to, or I think this is Alma talk. It's still Alma talking, talking to Zeezrom, and he says, Amulek has already spoken plainly of the death and being raised from mortality. To immortality and being brought to stand before God to be judged according to our work, our works. So um, at this point, he's reiterating what Amulek has already said, but then he's going to expound further, add more knowledge to it. I, I would say, right? That's what it. That's what it says in the chapter heading. <laughs> and I read yeah. it, and I know. So this is this comes the next few verses are why I pointed out the thoughts of Zeezrom, like knowing the thoughts and in, intents of his heart, because it does bring up how our words and our works and our thoughts can condemn us. Um, But anyway, do you have anything to add about 12? Or not necessarily moving forward. No. Okay. So he says, if our hearts be hardened, which is another reason he probably had to bring this up, <laughs> if we had hardened our hearts against the word in so much that it had not been found in us then our state will be awful for for then we shall be condemned for our words will condemn us our works will condemn us and we shall not be found spotless and our thoughts will condemn us and we'll be in that awful state and we don't even at this point we wouldn't even want to look up to god because we'll know <laughs> like we'll know that what we did wasn't good be, uh, because he knows our thoughts and intents So yeah, it it even says that at that point where we're brought before the judgment seat and we've had this death that has been spoken of, we would rather, if we're in that awful state, that we would rather command the rocks and the mountains to fall upon us to hide us from his presence, which I that imagery is kind of crazy to me that you would want that.
1: Yeah, that's always been a really powerful verse of scripture uh verse 14 this this idea that because because obviously this is this is when we're brought forth to be judged of god we're gonna be resurrected we're gonna have that full knowledge of all of our guilt and and that's what it goes on to say in verse 15 um we must come forth and stand before him in his glory and in his power and in his might, majesty and dominion and acknowledge to our everlasting shame that all his judgments are just. We'll realize that everything that we've done wrong really was wrong. (laughs) There's no, there's no like, yeah, but like Shelby, you and I just yesterday, we were talking about levels of accountability. Like certain people are more accountable based on what they know. Right. Yeah. And so at this point, everyone is being brought, having a full knowledge of what they've done. However, because of this mercy that's going to be extended, um, it says, in that he, he is merciful unto the children of men, and that he has all power to save every man that believeth on his name and bringeth forth fruit, meat for repentance, adequate for repentance, right? And so, although there's levels of accountability in life, in the mortal world, in that eternal world, there's full accountability, there's full understanding. And if there are things that we didn't quite understand here on earth, we will. And so that's why our shame will be so great. But the, the miracle of the atonement of Jesus Christ is that we are made clean uh, in as much as we do exactly what that says. That that uh, everyone who believes on the name of Jesus Christ and brings forth the fruit the result of repentance which that's why not only is there time to repent here on earth but there's time to repent in the the next life the the spirit world prior to the resurrection
0: i think there's two things that work here and you talked about the You talked about them both, but I just wanted to say a little bit more plainly is that we'll acknowledge that justice will have its place and that his judgments are just, but also that mercy has its place as well. Um, and that, like you said, as we repent and bring forth the fruit that shows that we repented, because we'll also know that too, um... We'll have that knowledge. It I don't know. I don't necessarily know where I'm going with that thought. No, but
1: if I may, I think I understand what you're saying is that something that I may not have said clearly or or even said at all is that what we're doing is we're we're acknowledging we'll have a full knowledge of our efforts to repent as well. Mm-hmm. Like we'll know, um, We'll have the shame, we'll be like, Oh, I wish the mountains could just fall on me so that God can't even see me. But and I love that the first thing in verse 15 says, but this cannot be right. right. There's there's a plan that was in place from the foundations of the world that not only keeps us accountable for all that we've done and, and do, but also the plan of redemption that that not that it's a separate plan. <laughs> But it is also a plan of redemption and of mercy. And we'll have a full knowledge of that too.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so next it talks about this second death, which I'll be honest. When I first was reading the book of Mormon, um, cause the second death is brought up a few times. I thought th- I was very confused. I'm very confused about this, (laughs) like how many deaths, (laughs) how many times are we going to die? Like what? because, and hopefully I don't confuse even more people with this statement, but (laughs) people talk about our first estate that was in the pre-mortal life. That was when we lived as spirits with heavenly father and Jesus Christ and everybody. Our second estate, we only came, uh, which is earth, which is earth life. Um, we only get here because we quote unquote kept our first estate or we proved ourselves. We chose God. Yeah, we chose God and Heavenly Father, God and Jesus Christ. We chose the plan to come to earth to do these things. And furthermore, we, we prepare ourselves. We don't know exactly all that was going on, but we actually get some, what I believe are It's like a glimpse into that council in heaven where the plan of redemption was presented and what we accepted. And we get that in this chapter. We'll get to it soon. The second estate, and you'll see how, why I would get confused with our second estate is that the death, our mortal death at the end of this life, um, how I kind of, thought that was the second death right but it's not (laughs) so like i said hopefully i didn't confuse more people with that but the second death actually refers to um and it's also called a spiritual death and if you go back a commentary from jacob um the book of jacob in the book of mormon It says the second death is also referred to as spiritual death. The guide to the scriptures explains that spiritual death is separation from God and his influences. The spiritual death or second death, which Jacob referred to, occurs following the death of the mortal body. Both resurrected beings and the devil and his angels will be judged. Those who have willfully rebelled against the light and truth of the gospel will suffer spiritual death. So... Verse 16, I say unto you, then cometh a death, even a second death, which is a spiritual death. Then is the time that whosoever dieth in his sins as to a temporal death shall also die a spiritual death. Yea, he shall die as to the things pertaining unto righteousness. So, but that makes it sound like. If you die in your sins here on earth, there is no opportunity to be saved.
0: Okay. There's no
1: opportunity to repent or to to choose Christ in the spirit world. I mean that that's what it sounds like. I don't think that that's true. I'm just saying that it's If
0: you stop there, then yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because if you keep going, um, it says why that can't be. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying?
1: Well, no. Do you want to?
0: Okay. Oh Well, I think I'm right. (laughs) Well, I think the scriptures are right. (laughs) I'll say that. So basically, as I understand 16, if someone dies physically, And they're still in their sins. Then 17 says, um, this is the time when the lake of fire and brimstone and flames, like they'll be cast down to the power. They'll be in the power and captivity of Satan, basically, because they didn't repent of their sins. Which, yeah, it does seem like that. But then in 18, it says, um, then I say unto you, they shall be as though there had been no redemption made. So they're just like caught in with Satan and can never get out. Then it's like, well, yeah, that that would have been because there was no redemption made. And it says for their meaning Christ didn't come or like redeem them. Right. For they cannot be redeemed according to God's justice. Right. I'm pointing out the justice and they cannot die seeing there is no more corruption. So the way I understand that is that. He's saying, like, if this is true, then, well, justice is having its peace right now. But because we know, and we'll know this more in the rest of the chapters, we know because of God's atonement that they can repent because of the plan of redemption that was made. Even if they do initially are in Satan's grasp after they die. Right?
1: All I know Right now, is that in the next um, several verses, it talks about it. The thing is, is that what Alma's doing, he's just going really, really hard on this earth life, this, as he calls it, a probationary state or a time to prepare to meet God he's not really focused he's not really going into as much of like because he gets there later i mean he he we we learn we learn more about the plan of salvation the plan of redemption the plan of happiness these are all synonyms for what we're talking about we learn more about that later on in the book of alma when he's talking to his son corianton right Mm -hmm. we we if we just take what we learn in this chapter, we're not actually getting the whole picture because he's going so uh, laser beam focused on earth life and the importance that we figure things out here. If we have the opportunity to do so, which yeah. I mean, Alman and Amulek are prophets standing right there in the midst of everyone I think that justifiably is an opportunity to figure it out, right? So,
0: if I could just say one thing about verse eighteen and why I think that um, we know that that's not true—that they can still repent—is because it says, "I say unto you, they shall be as though there had been no redemption made." So, the the way that they're phrasing it, they're saying. Well, that would be like if there was no redemption, which implies that there is a redemption. I see. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. So that's why maybe I should have said that from the very beginning. But the, you just, yeah, that's what I mean by all of that. We know that even if they do die in their sins from a temporal death, that there is still a redemption that was made. And it still can cover them if they choose to repent. And change. Okay. Unless they commit the unpardonable, how do you say it? Unpardonable sin, you know, they would have (laughs) to like actually no, 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 like with the whole heart and a whole surety and and deny it all. Okay. So that's what I meant by that. In a very roundabout way. (laughs) But I got there.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Okay. So what, what Alma is, is saying there is, um, based on the idea like this is this is what would happen if there were no, no redemption, redemption. Yeah. okay so in verse 20 this other guy one antiona antiona
0: antonia yeah okay antiona i don't know
1: luckily his name only shows up once <laughs> and i'm not going to have to say his name again anyway this guy he's a chief ruler among them came forth And said unto him, speaking to Alma, What is this that thou said that man should rise from the dead and be changed from this mortal to an immortal state that the soul can never die? He also asks, What does the scripture mean, which saith that God placed cherubim and a flaming sword on the east of the Garden of Eden, lest our first parents should enter and partake of the fruit of the tree of life and live forever? And thus we see that there was no possible chance that they should live forever. Mm. Alma, apparently, this guy, he uh, he was kind of chomping at the bit because Alma says, this is the thing which I was about to explain. <laughs> okay, I Alma. I just love that. <laughs> now we see that Adam did fall by partaking of the forbidden fruit according to the word of God. And thus, we see that by his fall, um, all mankind became a lost and a fallen people. Um, we learn so much about this fall back in 2 Nephi, in the first few chapters of 2 Nephi. So, I don't necessarily think we have to go too deep into it. Like, we understand the why the fall had to be or had happened, like, the relationship between Adam and God. This is more uh, focused, again, on, like, what this earth life is all about. Shelby, you were going to say something?
0: I was just going to say, I really, like, I appreciate Anton, whatever, I appreciate his question, because he's saying, like, well, I don't understand how they can live forever, because the only way that we know they could have lived forever is if they would have, uh, partake in of the fruit of the tree of life and live forever. Hmm. So I appreciate his question. Cause he's like, well, can you expound for me on that? You know? And I like that because that's the knowledge that they they have at this time. They don't have any more knowledge of it. And so that's why Alma goes into why it w- is the way it is and how we can become immortal, even yeah. though they didn't partake of the fruit in the garden of Eden after they had fallen you know what i'm saying
1: yeah i'll be honest that guy's question i've always really skipped over and just gone straight into what al was talking about (laughs) i've never really appreciated his question but now i do
0: yeah i mean it's based on the knowledge that he had of the scriptures and he's like well i don't understand like i thought that was the only way we could have lived forever and now you're telling me we can live forever can you explain that to me
1: yeah and it shows that he is repenting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, you know, he's asking questions. He's asking and, different questions. And
0: I like that Alma, I, I'm, I know I'm going back, but it says this is the thing that I was about to explain to me that just shows that Alma and the people that were listening, at least this guy, they're they're one. They're one right now with the spirit because he's like, yeah, I was actually about to go there. So you're right where I was going to go. Your question is where I was going, you know? (laughs) And to me, that shows that when you're teaching a lesson or you're a teacher and a question, (laughs) you're having these thoughts come into your mind about what to teach next, right? And then a student asks the question, that's a way to gauge that the people that you're teaching are understanding what you're getting and they're on the same path that you are and where you were going. So to me, it was like a quick little knowledge check, like, cool, you know, Alma is where he needs to be and at least this guy... And I'm assuming most people around him are probably on the same wavelength Hmm. if they've been listening. Okay. I just like making teacher comparisons. Yeah, (laughs) I can dig it. Anyway. So, yeah. So, then Alma goes on to talk more about Adam and the fall and the fruit and why that was the way it was, I guess. And you... Do you want to go into it? Do we want to not go
1: into it? I'm not sure what you mean, but um, I do want to talk about verse 24.
0: Okay.
1: So, um, yes, death comes upon mankind because of the fall. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, because Adam did not partake of the fruit of the tree of life. Mm -hmm. So he and all of his descendants are in this fallen state. Not, you know, and again, fallen does not mean, you know, I mean, it does mean sinful, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that we're like worthless, dirty, good for nothing. Like there, there's definitely the whole idea of original sin, which is that Adam and Eve, they sinned and because they sinned all of us are somehow uh, made filthy by association. And that's not true. The articles of faith tell us that we're we're not accountable.
0: We're punished for our own sins. Yeah. Not Adam's.
1: Correct. Thank you for citing that, because I was not going to be able to repeat it um, <laughs> verbatim. So he says, Yea, the death which has been spoken by Amulek, which is the temporal death, the death of the body here on earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nevertheless, there was a space granted unto man in which he might repent. Therefore, this life became a probationary state, a time to prepare to meet God, a time to prepare for that endless state, which has been spoken of by us, which is after the resurrection of the dead. And I want to share some thoughts from Elder... Uh, L. Tom Perry, who was an apostle, um, passed away just a few years ago. And this is from the Book of Mormon Student Manual. Says the term probationary state or probationary time is a phrase used only by Alma in the Book of Mormon. Again, in uh, chapter thirty, excuse me,
0: forty-two,
1: hmm. uh, Elder Perry described this probationary time. He said. The main purpose of earth life is to allow our spirits, which existed before the world was to be united with our bodies for a time of great opportunity in mortality. And I really liked that a time of great opportunity, the association of the two together has given us the privilege of growing, developing and maturing as only we can with spirit and body united with our bodies we pass through a certain amount of trial in what is termed a probationary state of our existence. This is a time of learning and testing to prove ourselves worthy of eternal opportunities. It is all part of a divine plan. Our father has for his children. So like, if that doesn't sum up what I've been trying to say since like at the very beginning of this episode, (laughs) um, I don't know what else will. You know, this this time on earth is so important for us. And I'm going to go straight into verse 25. We're going to keep trucking. Now, if it had not been for the plan of redemption, which was laid from the foundation of the world, there could have been no resurrection of the dead. But there was a plan of redemption laid, which shall bring to pass the resurrection of the dead of which has been spoken. What Alma's really saying there, well, again, he's just stressing the importance of the plan of redemption, you know, and it's hard to, I I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it just came to my mind. There are certain laws of nature, laws of the universe that, like, you can't really do anything about, like, we're going to die. It's the whole thing right and apparently we would also be you know cast off forever uh, separated from God forever um, no different than the devil and his angels if it weren't for this this plan of redemption
0: yeah
1: um. But you can't, you can't take one without the other. You know, you can't have mortality without the plan of redemption, you know, but it's easy to think about it that way. Like, oh, we have mortal, mortal life. Um, but if it weren't for the plan of redemption, then it would all be for naught. you know, it would all be frustrated, but you can't have one without the other. If that makes any sense. I think so. And so, and this is where Alma in verse 26, he he kind of answers or alludes to the question of, and Tanaiha, I think was his name.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: If it were possible that our first parents could have gone forth and partaken of the fruit uh, or partaken of the tree of life, they would have been forever miserable, having no preparatory state. And thus, the plan of redemption would have been frustrated, and the word of God would have been void, taking none effect. This is what's interesting. And, and I think it was Elder Rasband who talked about it yesterday uh, in Saturday morning general conference. But I wrote, Our obedience allows God to bless us because he must meet the demands of justice. Um, the time to repent allows him to extend mercy. So as we're obedient, it, we can be blessed. The time to repent allows him to extend mercy to us. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I thought that was kind of cool. It's the, the word of God would have been void taking none effect. Well, because of the plan of of redemption, that's actually not the case. God's God's word does not become void. Right. Okay. Um, I've been talking for a long time. So, Sheldon, do you want to help me out?
0: (laughs) You're you're just so good at it.
1: I don't think so. I don't even know what I've been saying for the past like 10 minutes.
0: Well, it makes sense. I I hope so. I promise it makes sense. Um. So anyway, the reason – I think the reason why you might feel that way is just because it's a lot of – it's a lot of doctrine in one, like, so consecutive back-to-back, right? Like, this builds off of this, and this is why this happens in this. So I think that's why it can seem like it's a lot, you know?
1: We haven't really had a chapter like this, I feel like, since 2nd Nephi, Chapter 9,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it's just, like – Heavy hitting doctrine
0: mm-hmm.
1: again and again and again.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a lot, but at this point, I it's expedient that these people know, right? Like they're they're being expounded, or the gospel truths are being expounded into them further than what Amulek had already said, and so um, that kind of brings it back a little bit to the narrative of like these people, they. They are hearing these truths and we'll find out how they respond to them eventually. <laughs> but for now, we're just learning of the, the doctrine of Christ. We're learning about his gospel in the Book of Mormon. It's here. It's right here. It's expounded on that we don't really get anywhere else. You know, that's why I really appreciate Anne, Antonia's question, because it does allow the Book of Mormon to complement the Bible and expound on the, mm-hmm. on these truths
1: i think it it's a good opportunity because we're again we're seeing it in real time right um alma brings up the idea or the the fact in verse 28 he said after god had appointed that these things should come unto man um all of the various aspects
0: that we've talked about yeah of
1: (laughs) of the plan of salvation he saw that it was expedient that man should know concerning the things whereof he had appointed unto them. So remember that we lived in heaven as spirits with God. We knew it all.
0: Mm-hmm. Like we,
1: we agreed to it. We were down with it. We, we, <laughs> we pro- believed it. We certainly prepared to do all of this. But then a veil was drawn, a veil of forgetfulness, if you will. And so we don't remember any of that. And we have to walk by faith in this life. But God saw it was expedient that men should be made aware of these things. Mm -hmm. Like, wouldn't it be crazy if God and it is kind of crazy because there are people who do come to earth, live their entire lives, live a hundred years. And never hear the word or the name Jesus Christ.
0: And that's what's that's. If I know where you're going with this, like, wouldn't that be crazy if that happened? And it does happen. But that's why the plan of redemption extends so far past just this life, right? Like, that's why that probationary time, like, well, we'll I don't know if it even goes into this, but there's, there's the spirit world, right? And that's where the
1: thing. It doesn't talk about that. In much detail here, it's just, it, does it does later. It does
0: later in Alma 42.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, for, yeah, something like that.
0: Some, somewhere in the 40s. When he
1: talks to Corianton.
0: Yeah. So.
1: But what I wanted to say, that was kind of a side note. Because at first I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if he never, if God never revealed any of these things to man? And.
0: There have been points on earth where.
1: There have been times where nobody knew it. Dark um, ages
0: are one example.
1: And there are situations in the, the diverse world that we live in, that it doesn't necessarily happen. But he does make man, uh, known, or he does make these things known unto man. Mm-hmm. Um, in verse 29, he sent angels to converse with them who caused men to behold of his glory. And they began from that time forth to call on his name. Therefore, God conversed with men through prophets uh, is what is the note that I made. And made known unto them the plan of redemption, which had been prepared from the foundation of the world. And this he made known unto them according to their faith and repentance and their holy works. So, you know, are there some people who don't know all of these things. Yes. Um, I don't know if I want to say this, but it's, it's according to, it's not just according to their personal faith. It's, it's according to the agency of the people around them. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you, if you live in a society in which religion is different or Christianity is outlawed or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nobody repenting and there's nobody exercising faith or holy works. So how could you, how could you get any of this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's a, it's kind of a conundrum of sorts. Um, but Sheldon, do you want to say something?
0: Well, I'm not really sure where you're going with that.
1: Well, I don't really know where I'm going with any of this.
0: But <laughs> it's okay cuz you didn't know where I was going earlier either. Um I guess the one thing that I wanted to point out about that and that topic is that God he I I keep thinking of Adam and Eve and you know they partook of the fruit. They did what they were not commanded necessarily to do, right? They 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 fell. <laughs> and Here they are like, crap, like now what do we do? But here comes God and he sends these angels to converse with them and and set forth this wonderful plan of redemption. And part of that plan of redemption um, included repentance and and holy works, but also included, you know, in 31, we see that he gives commandments to them um, so that they can then have this agency to act and to be able to choose God, right? To be able to choose him or to choose, you know, the wills and pleasures of of their fallen state, their natural man. And so um, it's really, it's really cool how the plan of redemption or the plan of salvation, whatever you want to call it. At first it looks like it's gruesome for Adam and Eve. You're like, Oh man, that really sucks for them. And it kind of sucks for us now. But it's actually this beautiful thing that allows us to then have agency, right? To choose God and to act for ourselves. But God's still giving us like an outline of um, what's going to get us back to him, right? I'm going to give you prophets. I'm going to give you apostles. I'm going to give you commandments. I'm going to give you the things that are going to help you get back to me if you you choose them. I'm not going to force you. (laughs) I'm going to let you decide. But if you so choose, here's what I can promise you by you choosing these things. And I just think that's a beautiful, um, doctrine. (laughs) Like who wouldn't want that? Hmm. And for the people who never even got the chance to choose them because of the state that you're talking about, maybe they just never got to hear Jesus Christ or they were born in a time that it wasn't, there was no prophets or there were no apostles, um, they will still get that knowledge we learn later in Alma in the spirit world. They'll still have that opportunity to a time to repent. Right,
1: And that, that's why I think like I'm going, I'm having a, a tough time with this chapter because I'm trying to, I'm trying to encompass everything that either we, we know collectively or mm-hmm. that I know about, the plan of salvation but that's not necessarily like this is not a comprehensive lesson plan of the plan of salvation it's just a part mm-hmm. of the plan of salvation yeah and so i i keep trying to like go off one of these little tangents but then i look back at my scriptures and i'm like yeah there's no verses that have anything to do with this so now i'm i'm kind of like getting lost so
0: yeah he um, just like i said he just goes very I feel like he's hitting very deep on Adam and Eve and their decision and, and why that was so important and how the plan of redemption affects that, right? Yeah. That specific part. Um, and that's exactly what Antoniha asked. <laughs> it's what he wanted to know. And so he he's expounding on it um, and it, it relates to us today, you know, um, in 33, it says, uh, but God did call on men in the name of his son saying, if you will repent and harden not your hearts, then will I have mercy upon you through my only begotten son. Mm-hmm. So we know that Adam and Eve, um, obviously didn't harden their heart and mm-hmm. were given the chance to repent. And I, they did, we know they did. yeah. And we know that from the Bible, <laughs> right? They're complimenting the book we're in the Bible are complimenting each other right now. Um, That's another connection I made while reading this chapter. But yeah, I don't know if we want to, do you want to keep going? Do you still feel, how are you feeling?
1: I mean, we're, we're, (laughs) we've still, we've got a couple verses to go, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be really honest. I feel like I just need to kind of regroup. I need to study a little bit more and come back so that I can really discuss with you Mm -hmm. the the last few verses with the right perspective so i think we're going to call it there and then next time we'll come back into it and get into uh, finish out the chapter and move into chapter 13
0: okay that sounds like plan to me awesome (laughs) well there's Part of Alpha chapter 12 for you. (laughs)
1: Look, part one concluded.
0: (laughs) We knew it was going to be, or I knew it was going to be a little bit difficult.
1: (laughs) And I didn't know. I didn't believe you. I just, I hit record and I just went for it. And then I realized (laughs) that I'm like following all these (laughs) trails that go nowhere because That's not what we're talking about in this chapter. So, but that's why I have you to, to guide me back to the scriptures. Okay. So, um, that does end today's episode, but be sure to check out our general conference recap. I promise it's going to be a lot more, uh, put together and (laughs) it's going to make a lot more sense than what you just listened to you
0: know i'm gonna pause you right there though but i have faith that even in our mumblings of messages we might have said today that you have learned something from the spirit because i still learned and i still learned when you talked so i don't i don't think it's as bad as we think it was (laughs) i think we're our own worst critics but if there's any way we can improve definitely let us know so a hundred percent yep
1: Okay, y'all. Well, we will see you back here next time. We're going to finish out the chapter and press forward.
0: Bye. See you guys next time.